Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome to Guys at a Mic Show, TalkZone.com. Beautiful midweek Wednesday here in the fine city of Chicago. Big dog and a coach with you right up until 11 o'clock. They only give us a one hour of sports talk. We do the best we can with that 58 minutes and 12 seconds. As I usually waste about a minute and 42 of it at the beginning of the show. But plenty to talk about here, including the conclusion of the baseball season. A little sneak preview of some of the games coming up this weekend in the NFL. We got the debates tonight. Talk a little sports, guys. Talk politics. A couple other things off the sports page, which we will bring up with the dog. A little bit of music, and then we will kick off this beautiful Wednesday version of the show. very much, David Olson. Also on the docket, by the way, we haven't talked basketball for a while. We'll talk a little bit about the uh, NBA team starting to kick it around, including our very own Chicago Bull. I got a little hoop talk in here as well. Big Dog, uh, the last couple of days I've been somewhat irritable. You probably noticed that yesterday. My wife said it is probably because it's been uh, over six months since I've had my colorectal screening. I don't know if that's the reason or not, but you know me. I, I like to get that colon checked early and often. Rectal. Nearly killed him. <laughs> How are you, big dog? Poor Al. I mean, poor Al. It really did almost wreck him. <laughs> How, hello, my friend. Hello, my friend. How are you? I'm doing all right, Coach. How are Beautiful. you? Beautiful. Everything good on the Chicago River? Or the kayak tours? All is good? Uh, everything is well out there, Coach. I am in uh, I'm in a chipper mood is the best thing I can tell you, my now friend. Now, had the uh, Chipper Jones appreciates that. Thank you very much. Had the tours been canceled tonight in honor of the great debates? Oh, uh, we have canceled. They, I used to work seven days a week, and uh, Donnie has pulled me aside, and he's like, dude, we've made more money than we have ever in the history of this company. Nice. And last year was the record-breaking company. Every year, so it's been two years with me there. He's like, you have Wednesday off for the rest of the year. Beautiful. He gave me Wednesday off for the rest of the year starting this week, so I'm all good. Well, you're going to, pretty soon you're going to have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday off, right? Because once the cold weather comes, I would assume the kayak tours are uh, over and done. Yeah, and that's when uh, five months of make it a lot more than pretty much any human being should for kayaking uh, yep. up and down the Chicago River pays off because uh, mm-hmm. now I can, I had a goal how much money that I was that I was going to make. And at this point throughout the year, I'm only $800 behind that goal where nice. I can be at right now. Okay. And luckily for me, I'm living with Lily the Lilac and her mom and dad. Beautiful. Uh, Mama Lilac and Papa Lilac. <laughs> <laughs> and yes. because of this, literally, I, I, I give like anywhere from forty, a style or the money, like forty to a hundred bucks on Monday, mm-hmm. and then she buys all my food. Now, how's that? Everything uh, for me. Are they like cooking? Are they cooking meals for you too? Yeah, that's 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 what I'm trying to tell you. Coach. Wow. I I give I give money to my girl like forty to a hundred bucks a week. Yep. She goes out buys steak and chicken and shrimps 
and she doesn't buy me nasty stuff like white rice and mm-hmm. all those other nasty carbs with no protein in it. She buys me nothing but like vegetables and nice. and meat. I'm sorry, Coach. Right now, everything that I needed to do this summer, I have done. Mm-hmm. And now that I I'm not gonna I don't have a job for five months. I am going to find work, and I'm going to find ways to make money. I was able to buy a camera, and everything that I always like, oh, I I, I can do this, I can do that, but I can never get anybody to produce it for me. I mm-hmm. couldn't get anybody with a camera. Well, I now own an HD, really, really, really expensive camera that I got off of a crack at it no. for basically $300. <laughs> Here's what I showed it's somebody the old the- buy the HD camera off the crack attic trick. That's- I'm telling you, Coach. Uh, when I told somebody how much I paid for this camera, they were like, you're lying to me. You did not pay this little for this camera. And I'm like, no, I, that's $300. Yeah. And they were just flipped out. They're like, it's, this is like a, a a $2,800 camera, Joel. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. no. So it's like I've had a really good year. And uh, so now all I have to do is just uh, I've saved all my money to pay Obama. And, you know, I, <laughs> I basically have about $800 a month to live on for the rest mm-hmm. until next summer. Beautiful. Well, you will be joining me. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Dave. I was going to say, why don't you pick up a couple uh, couple extra bucks personal training over at uh, East Bank? You've had the you offers. Know, uh, I mean, it'd be, let, that's, that's 100 bucks a pop. Just to let you know, uh, David, uh, they would kick you out as a member in order to do that. And the members pay uh, the members pay $125 an hour. The personal trainers get $35 of that. Hmm. So, like, if I w- just say... I would to do that because I would not because it would cost me my membership. I would hook somebody up and say, you can pay me $70 an hour. So instead of having a fat East Bank trainer uh, make $35, <laughs> when you pay them 125 you can just yep. pay me 70 and you'll have somebody in shape uh, actually work you out. But me personally, David, that would cost me my membership. So I would never, ever sell personal training sessions to the regular members that are at East mm-hmm. Bank for $70 per session, which saves them $55 every time. Well, there there was a brief moment in time amongst your 39 and a half different jobs you've had over the 10 years that I've known you. You did go not door to door, but you were a knock on the door, not a knock on the door. They'd call you up. You would do house visits, personal training, correct? Yes, I, I did that. Uh, yep. I still do that. There's still, well, I haven't done it this summer, but I, I mm-hmm. still would do that. It was a, it was, I had only had like three clients, but these women had way more money than they than they knew what to do with. They had more time than they knew what to do mm-hmm. with. And I'm like, why do I have to come and visit you when you're a housewife and you have a maid to clean everything up and a nanny to look after your kids while you're home? You're, you don't have enough time to go out? I mean, how much money does somebody have to have that a wife <laughs> is so lazy that she can't even go to a gym in which she has a nanny and a maid? Yep. That's not good. That's not good. But I gotta tell you something, those, those girls, those women that I used to train, mm-hmm. they paid on time and they were very well preserved. And trust me, in 50 years they're gonna look exactly like they do today with that Botox mm-hmm. stuff. And I'm... <laughs> they'll just look dead, but they'll look the same. And if any IRS or uh, agents are listening, uh, Joel did in fact report all of that uh, primarily cash paid income, so not to worry. Um, by the way, now make sure you save a little time for my new idea now. You are gonna join me in the CTST. No, I'd have to. What is that? <laughs> Chicagoland traveling sports talk. I, I have been spending more and more time in the uh, beautiful city, Big Doug. After being primarily a suburbanite for 56 years of my semi-dysfunctional life, I'm, I'm getting in. I'm, I'm having what I told my wife. It's a mid, late midlife romance with the city. 
And the more walking around, you see all the street musicians out there and the various people, you know, from the, the homeless guy to the guitar singers. So my vision of you and me is Chicago traveling sports talk. We've got the little portable mic and speaker, which I have, by the way. And if I don't, I'll find some of the same crack addict you did and buy it off of him. By the way, that crack addict probably is a high-level administrator at uh, Google or something like that, so don't kid yourself. No, you'd be surprised, Coach. Yeah. Yes. Uh, actually, I wouldn't be surprised. That's the no, same thing. Groupon, by the way. But I'm picturing... <laughs> You're probably right. That's you more likely. I'm not lying. It's Groupon. Yes. And okay. So, oh, my God. The people who run that, I mean, yeah. they all wear those Che Guevara shirts. Yep. You know, they're like, oh, the rich people suck. And then, like, how much money do you make here? hundred grand a year? in front of a computer, giving us horrible clients. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the Groupon people, Coach. Yeah, well, That's the, all i got to tell you. The Groupon stock and the whole uh, idea of it, uh, what, up, 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 and now it's heading down, 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 so things are not going quite so well with Groupon. But I'm picturing you and me uh, wandering through the streets of Chicago, finding a busy corner. We plop down our little cardboard table, the mini mic with the two microphones, we get a couple of orange cones to separate the crowd from us, and we start talking sports and bring the fans in and gather a crowd. Uh, at some point, businesses will start to take hold of us, and we will be paid, Big Dog. This is my vision. And keep in mind, I have not uh, done any recreational drugs in many years. Uh, my vision, although my eyesight's pretty bad, is that we would be then getting paid by various companies to conduct our Chicagoland Traveling Sports Talk Show, and we would, in fact, bring business into these various companies. Okay, you're not you're not buying my vision. No, I, I, I can I can see that, but uh, I I know what what that means for you. That means that I have to get on a freaking train and go up to like Glenwood or Northbrook. Or no, no, like no, 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 city. You didn't listen. So that's what you say. That's what you say. What but do you mean I don't, no, we're not. Do a, a, anything that I have to go on like five trains in order to no, get there. No, no, no. Well, I, I, can you get to the city? That's that's my point. Why don't you do more stuff in the city? That's I'm suggesting that. Don't look a gift. Suggesting. We need to do, not suggest. We need right. to make things happen, not talk about things. All right. Don't kid yourself. We, uh, the, the Las Vegas trip is in the works, too. Things are cooking yeah, here, yeah, Big it's, Dog. It's, it's in the works. W-E-R. Uh, stop Q. it. You, you, stop with the negativity, my friend. I'm trying to throw out some positive I've ideas here. for 10 years now. We're moving forward. We've been together for over 10 years now. Yeah, I know well, a, when that, stuff is going to happen and when stuff's not going to happen. That, well, what the, we need to do now is put out a good sports talk show for somebody, for, for the person that's listening. Well, so far we've taken care of personal business the first 12 minutes. Are we in the area, Dave, or not? No, Dave, Dave says no, thank goodness. Ah, oh, goodness. Airing our dirty laundry, Big Dog. That's a, I don't know if it should be, but clearly it is part of the programming of this particular show. All I know is I'm fired up, Coach, because right. I have almost hit all my goals for the year. Yes. I'm in the last month. They canceled this whole weekend. Coach, I would much rather work because, trust me, I need the money. I, I, I would rather work. Mm-hmm. I do my six tours this weekend, get paid exactly what I get paid, and and be happy with it. Mm-hmm. But normally what happens is I stay here all weekend. I go there on Saturday, and then, like, at 10 minutes before the tour, Donnie's like, no go. And I don't make any money, and I just wasted my set. Donnie's like, there's going to be no tours this weekend. You have no idea. I am lighting up the city of Chicago. This place is going to burn, baby, burn. You have no idea what it starts tonight. I'm going uh, I'm going to Maxwell's at, uh, at East Bank Club. Outstanding. East Bank, 
East Bank Club is unbelievable. They give you a birthday meal there. Mm-hmm. So that's for, I mean, and then from, I would say from 7.30 tonight until Monday at about 11 p.m., no one in the city should, you will not recognize me, Coach. I'm really, I'm going to light the city up this week. I'm going to party like it's 1999. No, so you not only have today off, you've got the Saturday, Sunday also? Yeah, the, the Donnie's like, you might have a tour on Thursday, which wow. I'm hoping. Okay, and he's right. like, you might be able to do the Sunday at 2.30. Now, you know, the, that, I can't imagine anything, so. The Chicago Marathon is a Saturday morning. I'm going to be down there for that. That went Saturday? down. It's not a Sunday this year, it's a oh, Saturday. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. Sunday morning. Sunday morning. I will be down there for that for sure. I went last year, thoroughly enjoyed it, and uh, I will be back as a spectator cheering on. Uh, it was people watching at its finest, the Chicago Marathon. I'll be back down there again. You know, I, I have to admit uh, that one thing that bothers me about you is you're like, oh, the World Series isn't what it used to be. Oh, this isn't what it used to be. The U.S. Open is what, you know, I, I can care less what it is to everybody else. The World Series is just as big a statement to me as I'm going to say this is going to get you upset. For someone who's basically lived in the city of Chicago their whole entire life, except mm-hmm. for uh, a couple of years out in Aurora when I thought I was getting a good deal, man rammed, uh, <laughs> I uh, now have come to the conclusion, I seriously hate the Chicago Marathon. Okay. Uh, I have, I've lived down in the city of Chicago for, I've been here for at least, 16 of the last, like, 19 of them, mm-hmm. and I've worked every Sunday morning of those. Oh, my goodness. It's like, could they make it more difficult for me to get from the south side to where I have to work or the north side where I have to work? Can't they just run these people up and down the lakefront? It's freaking gorgeous. Why they got to run them through every single freaking neighborhood yeah. in, in, in Chicago? And now I'm out, maybe I sound like the curmudgeon and the disappointed one and all that, but... I just don't get. I don't think people realize how bad it is for you. Under, to run I completely miles understand time. if you're trying to get through the traffic and get to a location, it could be a pain. Have in the them run down the lower whacker. Give the bum something to watch. Well, <laughs> I think part of the uh, tradition of the Chicago Marathon, they've changed the route, but not much over the years, as they want the runners to experience the different rich cultures and neighborhoods of. The Chicago area, some of which you have waxed poetic on this very radio, very radio station from Greek Town yeah, yeah. to Chinatown. So you know, that's that's part of the allure of the Chicago Marathon. Love, love Greek Town. I, I am now, I am now the tour guide for the Chinatown Chamber of Commerce. Please come on down and enjoy the taste and the cultural diversity mm-hmm. of what is Chinatown <laughs> here on the south side of the city of Chicago. Okay, that's phenomenal. I sounded good with that, Coach. I was, yeah, that was, that was pretty impressive. Okay, well, you, we're going to start. We're going to start you up on the on Evanston from now on. You're going to run all the way down on the lakefront, okay? All the way down the lakefront till you get to 95th Street, okay? So right there, that's about 15 miles of running, okay? Now you're exhausted. You got 11 miles to go, and then we're going to run you through South Shore, up through Englewood, and then you end in Lawndale. Mm-hmm. If you need some, I mean, really, if you want the fastest times ever in the history of America, <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. That's a trust me. When people, why are there no windows on any of these homes? Uh, <laughs> the fastest four miles ever run in the Chicago Marathon, right through Englewood and Lawndale area. Oh my goodness! Record-breaking yeah, times. Because, uh, you know, I, I have to drive through there every once in a while, and I'm mm-hmm. like, I just cannot imagine raising a family through here. It's just like a few, like Englewood and Lawndale. Yep. I, I just like, I just shake my head. They need more block squads. 
you know, right yep. on the out on in West Lawndale is where those black squad mm-hmm. squads started. Those are the nicest blocks in any of those neighborhoods. And, mm-hmm. and the block squad again is something uh, that is really uh, derived out of a particularly brutal summer here in the city of Chicago, where residents just get tired of the drive-bys and the danger and the gangs, and they basically. You know, they take it one block at a time, like we're trying to cure the Chicago public schools, one school at a time, and I think that's the approach to do it. Each block fights its own beautification project, if you want to call it, cleansing project, and they uh, perform their own, what you call it, a block squad, and I think it's a successful way. Hopefully something that will carry on, Big Dog. Yeah, yeah they have uh, in, uh, in like, the Downers Groves and the Glenviews of the world, where, where, where we spent a majority of our of our uh, like, yes. At least me, my high school life. You know, we had the neighborhood watch. Oh, it's it's uh, once a month. Someone in the neighborhood walks their dog around the neighborhood for five hours at night, and that's their turn. The black squad is totally different. It's like all of us need to be out on the street mm-hmm. walking because one person cannot confront these thugs. You need ten people. One person has a cell phone and nine people saying, "We're watching you. Don't do that." Seriously, mm-hmm. that's. I mean, it's 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 totally different. Yeah. You know, like when. When you're in Glenview and Downers Grove, you're like, who's breaking into the home? Mm-hmm. It's a little different than the, when you're talking about West Lawndale, when you're talking about people driving by and shooting up homes and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I can I can deal with someone breaking in my house a lot better than I can deal with somebody putting a gun to my head. You know, it, 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 a big difference. Coach. No question. We have the, the residual <laughs> effect of by fighting together, by banding together, by communicating, you've got neighbors now that will... Uh, you know, be stronger together. You get to know your neighbors. You become more of a family in that particular block, whereas previous, maybe everybody keeps to themselves a little bit more. So uh, a residual positive effect as well, Big Dumb. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, uh, you know, in, in some of those most dangerous areas, and by the way, as we get completely off the sports page here, feel free to uh, give us a call, comments on our comments. Love to hear from you. As always, I apologize. We have not put out our phone number here uh, this morning, 888-463-6748. Feel free to dial it up, 888 Would love to hear from you. But, Big Dog, um, there are plenty of good uh, projects, organizations, charitable groups, not just one or two, but a lot in those particular areas, Englewood and North Lawndale, um, that are trying and have succeeded in making a difference. Not enough because it's a big nut to, mm-hmm. nut to crack, but, the, but there is – Positive movement. There's some people doing some good stuff in those neighborhoods. You know, uh, it's so honestly, when I watched that block squad stuff, black squad stuff, I was thoroughly amazed when they were walking down this West Lawndale Street. Yep. And people had flowers. All the homes were beautiful. And these guys were like, "We we're all a family here." And they keep walking their like, and then like there's like an abandoned uh, factory, and then on the other side of that looks exactly like you would picture West Lawndale or North Lawndale. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. just like wow. But they got a couple blocks where they're like, we're not going to let anything happen to these homes. It's, it's pretty mm-hmm. cool, Coach. Well, I don't you know. can make a difference is what I'm trying to say. Yes. You can make a difference. Dude. Yes. A, a little bit of action is better than the best of intentions. The hands that work are more sacred than the lips that pray, Big Doug. I've always lived by yeah. that particular philosophy without getting into any religious controversy. But I don't know if you remember or not uh, a gentleman named Mike Trout. David yes, Wilson. I do. I do. I got to tell you something. He he does not deserve the American League MVP. I know he's winning the war argument. <laughs> went against replacement. Not that and Mike Trout. Had the most phenomenal rookie. Not that Mike Trout. Not that Mike Trout. 
You remember he brought he brought a group of kids uh, in. I can't remember. You were you were doing the radio show part time back then, David. This is a kid. I I wasn't with Steve Trout, uh, the former pitcher for the for the Chicago Cubs and White Sox. Yes, he was like his nephew. Dizzy 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 Trout, the Hall of Famer, was I don't know, was uncle or grandfather, something like that. Yeah. All right, but exactly. but David here, I mean, this guy is a classic example. I feel bad because I've lost touch with him a little bit. I've still supported um, with the contribution. I've come down and visited him a couple times, but I've kind of slipped away. And this, he, um, white kid from the suburbs, I forget where, but I think Chicago area. So went to Wheaton College. Which, how do you describe Wheaton College to our listeners, Big Doug? It's, uh, uh, the movie Footloose where you couldn't dance is about the movie. Yes. It's about that neighborhood, the best way. Yeah. You, you are not allowed to hold hands with your girlfriend or boyfriend, let alone it's a dry community, the whole city of Wheaton. You can't get mm-hmm. alcohol there. What is but the... Just let you know there is bars on the border of Wheaton completely surrounding it, the whole entire state. So how about Wheaton never... College itself? Is it... Um... Well, do you remember uh, what you percent? Nathaniel Hawthorne's uh, The Scarlet Letter? That's basically, imagine the Puritans. Okay. That's basically okay. how these people treat All right. uh, their self. All right. So, and there's not a high minority representation at Wheaton College, would you say that? Well, I, I don't, I, I hate getting into all that. Okay. Because, you know, yes, there is. I will bet you that Wheaton College has, uh, for a $45,000 a year school, Mm-hmm is more diverse than you, okay, than you may think right. it is. You get into this whole, is it, uh, well, you know what, you're probably right, Wheaton College is a bunch of racist white people. No, 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 that's not where I was going. Okay. Yeah, let's, let's forget about that aspect. Bottom line is the kid graduates. The kid graduates, he goes out into the streets of Lawndale at night, and he becomes, I believe the term that he was called by some of the newspapers there, he was a night preacher. He would stand on the streets in the corner at night and talk to some of these guys and try to find out what's going on and console some of them, give money to some of them. And he did that uh, on his own, immediately graduating college. Well, it built from there, Big Dog. I don't know if this is ringing a bell with you. If you remember no, the no, kid. no, I already knew, yeah. I knew who you were talking about immediately. But, but he started an organization and moved to Lawndale. He didn't do it from, you know, Winnetka, Illinois. He actually moved to North Lawndale. With his wife, who was also from Wheaton College, apparently once they got married, they were allowed to kiss. They had to pass some regulations to do that. Started an organization called YMEN, Young Men's Education Network, and they are in North Lawndale. He bought a building, rehabbing the building, trying to get kids uh, on the right track, keep them in school, get them. They do service projects. They uh, clean up buildings and stuff. And now they've even gone a step further, Big Dog, and the main thing they're trying to do is get successful graduates from the North Lawndale community to come back to that community and help. Ideally, they want them to get them to live in that neighborhood, but to help build houses. So they're trying to get some of the success stories from this very poor and dangerous neighborhood to come back to the neighborhood and help build it up, kind of um, succeed from within. But it wasn't you know, just a one-year, two-year project. Guy's been doing it 15 years now, and he's still at it. You know, uh, per capita in the Lawndale, the Lawndales, the West, the Lawndale and the North Lawndale area, yep. and in Englewood, there are more murders uh, per capita than there are in Iraq. Consider that. Wow. That's per capita. That's pretty heavy. Englewood is 
I know this is not Lawndale, but it's this is a very similar neighborhood to uh, the Lawndale neighborhood. Inglewood mm-hmm. uh, is the worst, by the way, Coach. Lawndale is extremely bad. Inglewood like, is one of the most dangerous places on the planet to be in. Story in the paper today, Big Dog, maybe you can speak to it. Uh, One of the problems now is some of the bigger gangs, the more known gangs, what are the the gangster disciples or whatever there, have broken up. And now there's a lot of smaller 15, 20-person mini gangs, which makes it that much harder for our police and FBI to break into those groups. So that's it's it's made it a more difficult challenge to uh, break into the gangland that causes so many of these murders. But you're, you're exactly right, because uh, but still, there's like a code of silence. Yep. You know, where stuff isn't going to be talked about, anyways. But yes, when the, you have more like cell groups and splinter groups, then you have like this big, gigantic. Hey, we're the GDs, we're gangster disciples, mm-hmm. and you know, then I'm the guy that's in charge, and all these other people. It's a lot different when you have fifteen, twenty-person groups instead of one mm-hmm. group that is ten thousand people. Did you hear about the young man? Um, and again, you want to join the conversation here? I'd love to hear your comments. 888-463-6748. Big dog and a coach, two guys and a mic jumping off the sports page for a brief moment in time here. Again, 888-463-6748. The phone number dog. Did you read the story? Tragic. Tragic story about the young 14 year old from Evanston. No, I did not. What happened, coach? Freshman at Evanston, very good basketball player, super nice kid, 14-year-old kid, freshman, and a very popular school, super nice kid, goes to a, a party, asks his parents if he can go to a party. You know, they said, all right, but hey, don't walk home, let me know, I'll come and pick you up 10 o'clock, no later. And I don't know, the party's you know, a mile away or whatever. Well, anyhow, apparently at the party there were a couple of fights that broke out, the people that were in charge of the party. The adults are kicked everybody out, but there was some fights. So they're walking home, and a group are walking a couple of blocks away, and a group of eight or ten car comes by, shot, fires into the group, 14-year-old kid, DeJay Coleman, shot and killed. As random as that turns out, apparently at the party, somebody's cousin got pushed around and got teased or whatever. So this guy... Not a direct family member, but a cousin hears about his cousin getting pushed around and teased, and it was some group doing it. He drives into Evanston from the city. He doesn't know one group from another, sees the the first group that he sees. He's going to prove a point, shoots into the crowd, and there's an innocent 14-year-old kid had nothing to do with it. Life comes to an end that quick. Freaking ridiculous. Yes. Freaking ridiculous. That's, that's, you know, uh, well, everybody has got to be like, oh, you, you disrespect me. You got to do something. You got to do yeah. something about, oh, you disrespect my cousin. Now I got to shoot at people. Yes. I, 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 people need to just calm down. How do you, how do you, know? how do you get rid of that mentality? Million dollar question. I'm not sure there's you know, a... Do you know how you get rid of that mentality? How? You realize that they're, first of all, shooting somebody doesn't make you a tough guy. And second of all, you know what? You got to be careful who you're messing with too. Like on so many different levels, why do you bump into somebody? You have to, or a, a, like you have to prove a point on someone. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a there's a, a viral video going on right now, and to be honest with you, if you watch it, it'll make you sick to your stomach. There are two guys on a bus. One is an older guy, 
looks like he's Santa Claus. I'm not kidding. He looks like Santa Claus. He's like, he even says sometime in the video, I'm 73 years old. Leave me alone. Okay. Well, what happened was, I guess there's some thug bumped into him on the, on the, uh, on the bus. And all of a sudden these people start filming this. And this thug is yelling at this guy, will whoop your blah, blah, blah. And the guy's like, leave me alone. He's like, I'm 73. Leave me alone. He's like, and then the guy's like, you're just saying that because I'll kill you. And the guy's like, listen, I'm a boxer. I'd be able to defend myself. And the guy's like, I will whoop your... And the people on that, okay, without filming this, are aching them out. Go whoop his ass. Oh, whoop man. his ass. That's unbelievable. So the, the, the guy that looks like Santa Claus gets up and walks to the front of the bus. And you got to watch this film, Coach. The people that are on the bus, were like, go get him, go get him. Why, leave the old man alone. First of all, even if the old man was wrong and you want to start a fight, just laugh. He's an old man. Leave him alone, okay? Well, this young punk walks up to the front of the bus. And, like, now, like, the, 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 guy, the old man who would sit down was like, oh, no, he's coming at me. So he stands up, and when he stands up, the thug throws a bomb at the old man. Coach, the old man ducks and then just unleashes a torrent of punches, <laughs> right? A 73-year-old man beating up this 25-year-old dude. Boom, 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 boom. The guy gets knocked out, blood everywhere, falls down. The bus driver stops, and, the bus, and he yells at the bus driver, the old man, why didn't you help me from this guy? And he walks right off the bus, and you hear all the people on the bus, oh, don't worry, we got it on film, he attacked you. You're going to press charges and sue him. I'm like, oh, my God, Coach. I was so disgusted. But did I, the, the people on the bus were egging were on? encouraging them to go beat up the guy no, that looks like Santa Claus. That's unbelievable. I mean, that's... it'll make you sick to your stomach, but at the end, 73-year-old Santa beat up some 25-year-old thug. It was, and it wasn't like a lucky punch, Coach. He mm-hmm. whooped. And he kept warning the guy, don't come near me, I'll kill you. It's great to hear the the happy ending, uh, if you will. And it's disturbing that you got the one young punk. But the real disturbing part of that story, Big Dog, is you got the rest of the people on the bus all rooting for the young kid to go after the older man. man. And if you heard everything, the old man kept saying, leave me alone. And he Nobody came to his defense. Nobody came to uh, No, 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 no. I won't tell you this. Not nobody. There was one older woman you could hear, leave that man alone. He did nothing. And then there's like other 15 voices, whoop his ass, whoop his ass. It's one of the most grotesque scenes. Like, I was angry. Everybody, at, I'm at a party with an extremely diverse crowd. Uh-huh. White, black, Mexican, Latino, whatever, you, uh, all there, Asian. And they were all like applauding. Look at him. <laughs> Look at that old man. Whoop that dude's ass. And then I was like, guys, did you hear everyone else in the background? And people just shut up. And I'm like, that's pretty disgusting. And they're like, yeah, I know, I know. What what neighborhood did this occur in? We have no idea because it was on a bus. Okay. And it, to be honest with you, 100% honest, it looked like a Chicago CTA bus. Uh-huh. But I was watching it on a real small. I'm going to have to go look it up myself so you can mm-hmm. search this. Mm-hmm. And, and then you're exactly right, Coach. The thing that bothered me the most were the antagonists. Uh. Telling them, go whoop. It was you. It was great because there was one strong old woman who screamed, "Leave that man alone!" <laughs> he didn't do anything. It was awesome. So there was wow. least, even though there were all these people that were go get him, go get him. There was an old man who walked away from the fight, even mm-hmm. though obviously he knows he can whoop butt. And there was one woman being like, when everybody else was acting like a, a freaking animal, she was like, "No, he didn't do anything." So. There's a couple. There's a, hopefully there's more 90% to 10% idiots, but in that in that particular video, it was all idiots mm-hmm. and two smart people. And, so, and originally I asked you, how do we get rid of that mentality? The problem yeah, that's, that's, is, well, but your answer is based on the logic that the 90% of us have in our, in our brain set. The problem is, how do we get what we commonly think of as, you know, solid logic and not going around shooting somebody as a revenge 
mm-hmm. for some fight that broke out in the party to value life a little bit more than that. And, to, and they caught the kid, 20-year-old kid. So now he is going to spend, you know, the, probably the rest of his life in jail. So some guy that just was sitting at home goes off for revenge because he was angry. I don't know if he was drug-induced or what. Now he's going to have his life messed up, some poor innocent kid and their whole family and the whole Evanston High School is broken up because this kid was one of the most popular kids in the entire school. But how do you get rid of that mentality? I know it. You know it. How do we transfer it to that uh, 2%, 5% that's causing all the trouble? That's the million-dollar question. You you know what, Coach? I was just trying to get, like, let's end all this stupid and try to instill, like, some fear in the people. Like, you know, you don't know who you're messing with and what about the consequences, you know, like, then they don't do it. But how about just what's right and wrong? You know, what's just right or wrong? Yep. Do you know what the cousin should have done? What did you do to instill someone picking on you? What What did you do? Did you did you talk smack to the wrong guy and they start, all of a sudden they start talking back to you? Mm-hmm. Did you know that was somebody's girlfriend? You kept on hitting. Like, what, that's, what, that's what I would have done. Seriously, whatever. Joel, like I had one of my buddies, Joel, I had a bar. And he wants me to go, dude, that guy, blah, 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 was fighting with one of them. Beat me up. <laughs> what did you do? That's what I said to him. What did you do? And he didn't even know what to say. I'm like, the guy wants to beat you up. What did you do? I Maybe that guy's totally wrong. But I want, and then he couldn't couldn't answer the question. Found mm-hmm. out that it was my buddy who was totally hammered, acting like a douchebag and like drilled and like uh, spilled a drink on somebody. And then he <laughs> wants me to go beat the dude up for him. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? And you know what's funny is, Coach, when I bounced, and I, now I'm going back to the more fear. When I bounced, somebody would be 5'8", 150 pounds. And... Literally, there'd be a one in a million chance that that dude could whoop me. But to be honest with you, I thought to myself, that's that one in a million. I'm going to treat this guy like he's freaking Mike Tyson in a miniature body, mm-hmm. you know. And then I'd be real nice and talk to him, and I you know they'd walk out of the out of Mullins and they would leave. Mm-hmm. And people are like, "You just why didn't you just pick that guy and throw him out of here?" I'm like, "Because I could talk him and make him walk out of here. Why would I want to put my hands on somebody not knowing if they have a gun, a knife, or if?" That's freaking Manny Pacquiao. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? I don't want. I don't want to get in any fights with these people. What are you afraid? Yeah, I am. I am. Look at you. You shouldn't be. No, I shouldn't be. But I have a brain, and I do realize that some people are idiots. And why people? The YouTube song "Walk On." That's what people need to do more often. Mm-hmm. Is leave. leave. By the way, you we know could what? we could take what you just said in the last minute and twelve seconds, and expand that similar philosophy to our dealings with Russia, with China, and in particular right now with the Middle East? Well, well, well I was thinking more of the, just the fear part. Just like people, you don't know who you're messing with. That guy on the bus thought he was a bad, oh, it's an old man. I'm gonna, and I, I bumped, he bumped into me, so I'm going to make him say, uh, I respect you and, and blah, blah, blah. Well, well, guess what? You just got your come up. And so it was bad, but how about what we really should do is people just should learn what's right or wrong. You bump into an old man on a bus, be like, what's up, old man? What, mm-hmm. you, why'd you bump into me? Mm-hmm. You say, excuse me. Oh, okay, yeah. thank you very yeah, much. You... Excuse you. Sit down. Do you know? What I mean, that's all that needs. That's all that needed to happen, coach. Instead, this guy wants to. I'm a man, and you're a, mm-hmm. you're an old man. Yeah, you you as the bouncer. Uh, I was picturing the United States, the five foot eight inch guy who, you know, you're stronger in, but could still be dangerous. There's that you know little known factor that clearly is, you know, some terrorist group out in the Middle East or some country like Assyria or Libya, and obviously we're more powerful and got more money, but which, and the easier approach, the easier approach, obviously, is to demand our dominance and to go forth 
and to, you know, and to power down, shall we say, and express our dominance and stuff. But I like the response you had. Hey, treat this person as potentially dangerous with a little bit of respect. It doesn't always work, but more often than not, you tone them down a little bit. The guy mm-hmm. leaves, you know, and I think some of that uh, philosophy could, could apply to the, to the Middle East. And, and I'll take it a step further. The 20 year old kid that drove from Chicago to seek revenge for his cousin and just shot into a group that might be some of the terrorist groups that are trying to terrorize Americans in Libya or some of yeah, the innocent people in, in Syria too. You could disagree. You can be upset, but you know, geez, find out what happened. Get to the source. Just don't start shooting and killing people. Please. That's, that's, that's why I started with the fear thing, coach. Like people need to learn to fear other people a little bit. Yep. And, and obviously the true answer, the true answer is, you need to respect other people. Learn the information and realize, you know what, maybe your side of the story wasn't as one-sided as, as you thought. You know what I mean? And there's reasons why arguments started. You know, but people that are willing to get into a car, drive all the way up to Evanston and just shooting sporadically, aren't going to have reason enough to think exactly like we did originally. Yep. That's why I kind of focused on the that's, fear part. That's you, me, David Olson, our families. Hey, you know what? Maybe... This crazy wacko that's screaming at me in the street, should, I should just walk away from this dude and leave him alone. Okay? Let him get his point. Let him call me a coward and all this other stuff. I'm leaving. Okay? You're much better off. You'll forget about it. The next day you'll wake up and be like, wow, I'm so glad I got rid of that, out of that idiot. But if you, I mean, there's one thing. You st- I will always stand up to a bully, coach. I promise you I will stand up to a bully. But if there's like a confrontation happen that doesn't need to be confronted, mm-hmm. Tell your pride a second to just walk away. Okay. Yep. I'm smart enough to realize that people that drive up to Evanston and just shooting sporadically in the crowds obviously aren't smart enough to figure that one out. And what percent of incidents like that are alcohol slash drug induced and what part are of the, are done by normal, I won't say sound mind and body because you're not sound when you're doing that, but, but, uh, un, uninfiltrated mind and body, shall we say. Well, they, well, sociopaths. If you're doing that without, uh, you know, yeah. uh, smoking the wiki stick so you can get all whacked out, you know, and act like a fool, you know, like then you're just a, a sociopath. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, the, like the old the, the Santa story that I told you about, the man being beat up on the bus deservedly. Uh, two years ago, my uncle, my Uncle Jim, lives in Fisherman's Wharf. He, he's a widower. And their building, he, he has a building with about 25 units in it. It's, it's awesome. He's got a great house. They had a couple break-ins. Okay, and, and my uncle goes into the building, and it's one of those things where you have to be buzzed in. And when he, right behind him, uh, a, a young guy came in the door. And my uncle's like, hey, who are you here to see? And the guy's like, F you, who are you to ask me? And like, like walks back. My uncle's like, no, 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 where are you going? You didn't get buzzed in, and you don't live in this building. I know everybody in here. And he's like, F you, you racist, whatever, and pushes my uncle. Well, a fight started. My uncle was one of the baddest boxers in, in like, the Army, and he could have gone professional. My uncle was 72 at the time, and he whooped this 25-year-old guy in the police recall. They dragged the guy out of there, found out that he was the guy breaking in the place. Mm. You, you, know, you know what I mean? There's a time to confront and fight somebody. My uncle did the right thing. You know what I mean? Like, hey... We've had break-ins. Who are you? 
No, I'm just asking you a question. Next thing you know, the guy gets in a fight with my uncle. Well, when you get pushed and are about to get beat up, that's when you defend yourself, okay? Mm-hmm. You defend yourself when you're getting off of a bus and somebody runs at you. You don't try to defend yourself with a gun with someone that you don't even know is the right person that you're actually confronting. I so like it. Two, two stories today, David, of 70-plus-somethings uh, beating up on 20-plus-somethings that deserved it. By the way, I like that a lot. By the way, you mentioned sociopaths, David. I don't know if you've seen it or not, but uh, they're starting to put the previews out. Some quality signage in the city of Chicago, too, for the new movie, Seven Psycho- Psychopaths. It looks pretty good. It does look pretty good. <laughs> and by the way, by the way, there's one thing wrong with this. They have seven psychopaths, and five of them are men. And we all know if there was seven psychopaths, four of them would be women. Okay. <laughs> Woo! So, Fighting social commentary from the big dog. They have two less psychopaths on yeah. there than the females, right? And by the way, the women that they picked for the psychopaths, yeah. the Orlena Yakinova or Yakinovanova, oh, my God. Oh, my God, Coach. <laughs> Did I see uh, um, uh, Christopher Walken? Is yeah, he one of them? That, yeah Christopher Walken, okay. Colin Farrell, Sam Rockwell, Woody yeah. Harrelson. Yep. Yeah, those they, those four are. They can all. They've all played the psychopath, <laughs> which is good. Who's the other guy in there? It's five guys, two chicks, right? That's how it is, right? Uh, Tom Waits. Oh, okay, there you go. Yeah, that's uh, that's a nice. And then the, the, the fourth girl, I actually knew. I didn't know who the Russian one was. There's like Katie Brass or something like that. Abby I forget Cornish. Her name. I love the the po- Katie Kirk. Abby oh. Cornish. Oh, that's too bad. Abby Cornish. Yeah, I- she looked. She looks all right. I love the picture of Christopher Walken. He's just a such a weird-looking but lovable but strange dude. And they've got the picture of him, Big Dog, on the poster. And the what it says is, he's the one out of seven that's nonviolent. <laughs> <laughs> and they just that that right there captured me. I got I got to go watch this movie. Now, uh, <laughs> so, uh, there's uh, I'm trying to think of the name. Something Kings. Christopher Walken was in a coach. It's a dark comedy, and I swear to you, somebody made me watch it, and I laughed nonstop for two hours. I'm trying to think of the name of the movie. Oh, Christopher boy. Walken plays. It's as good. It's the best Christopher Walken movie I've ever seen. And it's about a bunch of, like, 20, mid-20-year-old guys that are just graduating from college, and uh-huh. they accidentally kill somebody. Yeah. And Christopher Walken. It, it, was, it was knockout it, kings, wasn't it? retribution, but instead of just with the, with the gun and fired into a crowd, he actually goes to the guys and individually finds out which one actually did it to, to pay retribution. Coach, it is awesome. I got to think of the name the Something Kings. It was, knock, it was Knockout Kings. Was it, are you sure it was Knockout Kings? I think it was something else. Fairly, uh, fairly it, certain. I'll look it up. I'll look it up. Okay. Oh my goodness, Coach. Talk about just retribution. We were talking about retribution and Christopher Walken and retribution movies. That's the way you pull out retribution on somebody. You sit them all down. What was the? I was like, here's why I'm mad, guys. Which one of you guys did this? David, what was the scene? Somebody, somebody. Suicide Kings. Suicide Kings, that's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. What was the scene, David, early in our career here at thetalkzone.com? Storied career. True um, Romance, Dennis Hopper, and Christopher Walken. Yes. And you had me. Look, I never saw the movie. Yeah, oh, again, you, I, I love When you Dennis the movie, Hopper died, it, and then it's you one showed. The, it's one of the finest acted scenes in all Ooh, of cinema. But really uncomfortable. Yeah, it is. You're right. It is uncomfortable because you know Dennis Hopper. The way Dennis Hopper plays, that he knows he's a dying man. Yep. Now let me get one more jab in. And the way Watkins, like, okay, you got your last little comment about Sicilian families, and okay, okay, I love this guy. I love him. 
<laughs> and uh, Hopper's look after Christopher Walken kisses him when he knows he's about to get je- killed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that you're right. That scene is one of the great scenes in movie history. That, that stays with you. That's like a mm-hmm. garlic scene. It lingers. The taste buds linger. How about Christopher Walken? As we totally get off topic here, as the husband of a uh, uh, female John Travolta, what was it? Rent? Was that hairspray? Hairspray. <laughs> Never saw that. Or, that's, a, that's a horrible movie classic, right? It's one com- of those bad movies that everyone needs to see. It was enjoyable. No, no, no. It's it's a it was. The one year, the, the hairspray, the original one was a John Waters movie in the 1980s. Yeah. Then they made it into a Broadway musical. Then they made a movie of the musical, and in yeah. the musical version, wasn't bad. I I never saw it. Nikki, the the heavy set girl, was very enjoyable to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and John Travolta as the uh, overweight overweight mother. Wife. Yeah. Was, and <laughs> oh, by the way, on a, on a different note, and I read this. Uh, I still need to get this confirmed, David Olson and Big Doe, but I read, I thought yesterday in a magazine, speaking of tragic deaths, that last year for the first time ever, more people died in the United States via suicide than they did in automobile crashes, Big Doe. Wow. Which, which I, yeah, that was my reaction. Yeah, and especially if you consider that, uh, the other day, Lil- Lily Lavalek and I were driving down 9094. We don't drive the car very often. We're normally doing something else. But uh, on Labor Day, there were 633 uh, driver fatalities. Yes. Okay. And a month later, there were 734 yep. driving fatalities in the state of Illinois. So 100 driving fatalities in a, in a month. So technically, you're telling me... More this, than 100 people this past month in Illinois killed themselves. Say. Yeah, that, uh, boy. Right, yeah. And he, yeah, there, in the period between 2000 and 2009, more people died via suicide than car accidents because the rate of suicide went up 25%, yes. and the rate of car crashes went down but 15% I, I because, thought, of car, because of car safety. I mean, I, well, that part I figured that the suicide rate, sadly, is going up. And fortunately, automobile safety and, and some of the training and stuff uh, has brought the rates down. But I still thought that a lot more people died via car crash than suicide. Yeah, right. Now, big yeah. dog, the, the seven hundred. I saw that same figure driving to White Sox Park. I thought it was up to seven forty four. Is that that's not? Illinois. Well, that, that was a, you went a couple days ago. I went like ten days ago. Right, so but I was, is, is that I know what, is that Illinois or is that national? That's that's Illinois. Only Illinois. I I, I read that. I've read that sign. And it, At least 15 times a summer. And it's for the summer or for the year? For the year. So, David, can that be that there's been 700, roughly, suicides in the state of Illinois since the start of the year? Oof. That's just... See, that's, that's like three a day. I don't know what... I was about to say that's discouraging. Discouraging is not even the proper word. Well, yeah. three a day is basically what's happened in the yeah. state of Illinois. If those, if those numbers are corresponding to Illinois... Mm. So, and uh, I, I'm, I'm serious when I say this. I, I told this to Lily Lola, that coach. If I could make it through what I went through in 08 and 09, yep. okay, if I can make it through that, I'm never going to kill myself. So if for any reason the police say, oh, they're big, I'll kill themselves, it, it's murder. I would never, ever, ever, ever kill myself, just to let you know that. Okay, so please, investigate it. it was, I was murdered, and they made it look like a suicide. <laughs> How much during the trying times that you experienced back then, Big Dog, was our radio show uh, a salvation of sorts? 
Never. That was what? mostly the reason why I, I decided <laughs> to do it. Oh. What? Come on, big dog. Not even a little bit. I mean, we were the ones that almost pushed you over the edge. Here I am. Well, I, whenever you were like, hey, let's go out to lunch, because I know you're always buying, that would definitely, like, if it was going to happen that day, I'm like, at least I'm going to get a free lunch. <laughs> oh, who could forget the Harrington's corned beef sandwich? All right. Woo. little heaviness here in the particular show. Yeah, um, I didn't mean to get into all that. No, but no, no. How, about, how about this? Start treating people with a little more respect. And if you bump into this, uh, you know, the people listening to this radio program, Seriously, if they like us, they're probably not the type of person who's going to demand that, uh, you know, somebody buy them new tennis shoes if they stepped on them. You know, yep. so yep. I'm not worried about it. Yep. Um, five minutes left in the program, Big Dog, but we do have to give a finality of sorts to the Major League Baseball season, the 162-game marathon. Coming to completion, David, I need a result of maybe Big Dog knows the only thing remaining was, uh, did the Dodgers, are they still hanging in there? I don't know if they beat the Giants last night. We know the Baltimore Orioles have clinched. they still got a chance of tying the Yankees for the uh, division title. The Atlanta Braves are in. Cardinals have to win one more game unless the Dodgers lose. David's checking that out. But, Big Dog, uh, baseball season coming to conclusion. Oh, I'm sorry about the the Dodgers and Giants. Normally, I check all the scores, and last night yeah. I, I I worked so hard and worked out yesterday. Yeah, that we'll I literally I fell asleep on the bed last yeah. night. We'll get in uh, a like second. Not, not a problem. Here, but um, here's another. You know, we talked about the the problems with the division series and the two wild cards. How about this, coach? The Orioles and the Yankees will be tied for the best record in the American League, possibly. Yeah. Yet. They're going to have to play a one-game playoff in order to determine who gets the the wild card game and who gets to go into the division series. So think of the best records in the American League. Yep. Back back before it used to be, oh, okay, it's the one's the wild card team and one is whoever had the best record. To have to when you have the best record in the American League and you still have to play one extra game to yep. determine all this, there's something wrong with the way the system is set up. We agree. I the told team, you the the you know, I I didn't like it initially, but uh, as the season wore on, particularly these last two or three weeks, and the reality of which two teams might be playing a one game and you're done out of the playoffs, I, th- then I dislike it more and more. And I completely agree for the Yankees or the Orioles to have one bad game and have no chance of come up comeuppance or comebackance, if you will. No, 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 no. Hold up, hold up, hold up. They would still be in the playoffs. No, I know that. But what I'm but, saying but is they... Just, it's, yeah, it's just not right that the teams with the best record all of a sudden have to right. play a playoff game to determine this. It's and stupid. the key was a playoff game. One game. And you lose, you're done? Not right. Not good. Got to change it. Well, just to let you know, the, the whoever back... The game that I'm talking about is just to determine the American League East. I understand. And those people will not be done. No, I understand that. I was talking about, I was talking yeah. about the wild card one-game playoff. Yeah, I just the way it's set yes. up is so jacked. Okay. And, like, the worst thing that could possibly happen to the whole system is what happened this year to the Yankees and Orioles. And I'm keeping my fingers crossed that the Yankees lose tonight and the Orioles win, so baseball gets the worst-case scenario dropped right in their lap mm-hmm. on the first season that it happened. The Dodgers... And they deserve it. It's, 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 they deserve to have the worst-case scenario. On the, oh, you want to create drama? Do you know what's drama, Coach? Just baseball in itself. You don't need to have to try to formulate drama yep. out of it. Yep. All of a sudden, now you have a nightmare, a headache. Yep, I agree. 
David, what what do we get on the Dodgers? Uh, Dodgers are out. They lost. They're done. Woohoo! Uh, the Yankees clinched the AL East last night. Well, how uh, they got a one game lead? They uh, they clinched they clinched the AL East. Yeah, but if Baltimore wins today and the Yankees lose, don't they play off? They're gonna be tied. <laughs> I'll have to check that out. <laughs> oh, I'm me. sorry, misleading headlines. Yeah. Is there a tiebreaker system, Big though? Okay, if it doesn't involve a team in or out of the playoffs, it's only um, it's head-to-head play. You see, but what ends up happening here, they can't just do head-to-head play here because the wild-card teams are in a one-game playoff. So if you do a head-to-head, oh, it's Yankees versus Orioles in a head-to-head if it's tied, well, then the Orioles are in a one-game elimination to get into the playoffs, and the Yankees are automatically in which isn't fair because technically they both tied for the American yeah. League East Championship. I completely so agree. I, I got to be honest with you. I'm not sh- maybe maybe like the way David read it. Maybe I'm uh, like I, I don't know. All here, the okay, here, here here's the scenario because like like I said, I was just looking at the headline. All right, if the Yankees win today, they clinch. Yes. Okay. If the Yankees lose and the Orioles win, then there's the one-game playoff between okay. the Yankees and the Orioles. And that's yeah. oh, but there is the see that's a, oh, that's so dumb to have a one-game playoff. Well, but you you have to. It, it would be dumber the way it's set up. Yes, the way it would, it would, yeah, the way it's set up. Previously, what would happen is only four right. teams would make it. Right. Whoever had the best record in the head-to-head series between the Yankees and Orioles, yeah, they're the division champion. The other one is the wild card team. They take on one of the. So now you have the second and third seeds, uh, which are uh, Texas and Detroit, waiting around as the Yankees have, and Orioles have to play a one-game playoff to determine who wins the East. And now those teams have played. They have the best record, mind you. Whoever wins that game would have the best record, yet they've played and had to use their best pitcher yep. in order to stay out of the one-game playoff. All it's- this to get one more team in each league a chance. I mean, I understand the theory. Yeah. The theory was to create more interest at the uh, end of the season, have another wild card team make it. So it's it's one of those one big dog where, in theory, I thought it was good, but as it's playing out in practice, it's not working. And and now what's going to happen is the the winner of the American League East now has to play a playoff game. Yeah. So in a way, the loser, I'm like shrugging my shoulders. Well, you lost that game, and now you're in the you're in you have a one game playoff. You know that's that's what we knew was going to happen from the start of the season. But for the winner of that game, why did they have to play that game in the freaking first place? And now the best team with the best record in the American League had to play an extra playoff game. Yep. It's so it's it's ugly. It's just ugly. No, no doubt about it. Uh, real quick, Big Doe, before we let you go, and it may be a better question to ask you like on Thursday, but as the teams uh, have made the playoffs now, we start to enter what we call, quote-unquote, the second season. Any baseball team out there you're getting a feeling could get hot, maybe be the uh, team to become World Series time. You know, it's funny. The pitching staff right now that is the hottest. Who do you think out of the out of the division winners? I'm not counting any of the wild card teams right now. Out of the six and a half division winners, which, not Yankees. Not well. Detroit's in contention over the National League. Cincinnati. Detroit has Verlander and Fister pitching well right now. That's about it, though. Well, Max Scherzer was pitching well until he got injured. Uh, yeah, I'm going to exactly, say, exactly. how about Cincinnati Reds? Absolutely. Thank Matt you. Latos has the best ERA in baseball since June 1st, and Homer Bailey the last six weeks has been ridiculous. And if you don't believe me, he pitched a no-hitter with one walk last week. Okay, and 
They have relief pitching out of the you-know-what. The problem is the Reds can't hit the ball at all. So my my pick is watch out for the Reds because if they get any offense coach, if, you know, because if Jay Bruce and Joey Votto get hot, they're the best team in baseball. Yep. With, with their pitching staff, they're the best team in baseball if those two get hot. It's not the best batting lineup top to bottom, though. Definitely not. No, yeah. no, no, no. The best yeah. batting lineup in the playoffs is the New York Yankees. Yeah. Mark Teixeira is healthy. Let's not kid ourselves. Okay, I know they also spent $75 trillion on that lineup, Coach. So Somebody said in the paper today, uh, you know, the Yankees, uh, there was a low-budget team battling the Yankees, and they they said, uh, you know, the, the you're going up against the Yankees are the first five guys in their lineup are potential Hall of Famers. So I went and checked, and you know what? He's not that far from the truth. When you had Jeter. Uh, Derek, Derek Jeter, Ichiro, Robinson Cano. Uh, Teixeira. And, uh, and A-Rod. I mean, obviously. A-Rod, yes. Can, I, I, don't know if, I don't know if Teixeira is. Four right. definitely, Coach. Well, three definitely. Robinson Cano. You? Cano and Teixeira. Robinson Cano is the best player well, in the game of yeah, baseball. I understand that, but he's a long way from the, he, He's medium distance away. Well, we got to get out of here. All right. Dog, we'll talk to you tomorrow, assuming uh, my final day of potential jury duty does not come through, okay? I, I'm all before it. Coach, I need a day off. I need uh, tomorrow. Uh, I'm out with Lily the Lilac and do who knows what. I, I am going to set this town on fire. <laughs> By the way, I have a camera, and I'm going to use it. <laughs> all right, we'll be looking for video, my friend. All right, peace out, everyone. All right, big dog and a coach maybe, maybe here tomorrow. We'll see between my jury duty and the big dogs late night. All right, have a great day, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. We'll try to get into a little bit more sports talk tomorrow. David Olson, producer, excellent job, talkzone.com. Two guys in a mic. See you tomorrow at 10. Don't be late.